Hello and welcome to our short mini-series focused on sharing lessons learned from the programme Improving Quality of Maternal and Newborn Health. This is a UK-funded programme by the Foreign Commonwealth and Development Office, FCDO, and is led by the Liverpool School of Tropical Medicine. In each of the episodes, we have been discussing different ways that the programme has strengthened the capacities of health practitioners to deliver high quality of care to reduce maternal and newborn morbidity and mortality. This episode is the third of four and is focused on improving the quality of midwifery education in Kenya, which has been historically underinvested and has huge variations in terms of quality, content and duration. Evidence has suggested that if universal health coverage of midwifery delivered interventions was achieved, we could save up to 4.5 million mothers and babies per year by 2035. We know that globally, nurses and midwives are really the leading providers of assistance during childbirth. And so the quality of their education is absolutely vital for the survival of mothers and their babies. We will be speaking with guests today to find out what is being done in Kenya to improve such education. We have Dr. Kelly Oluwoch, who is the Chief Executive Officer of the Kenya Medical Training College, together with Benson Milmo, who is from the Moy University School of Nursing and Midwifery and is head of the department there. We also have with us Edna Tellum, who is the Chief Executive Officer at the Nursing College of Kenya. So welcome to our guests. We have the pleasure of having our co-host, Lucy Nyaga, who is going to help us through the questions and the learning from the program. She is the country director of the Liverpool School of Tropical Medicine in Kenya and is a medical anthropologist by background with over 20 years of experience in maternal and child health. So Lucy, ideally, midwives and nurses, when they are educated to a very good level, can deliver 90% of reproductive maternal, newborn and adolescent services to an excellent standard. However, I believe the training at the moment in some lower middle income countries, including Kenya, is suboptimal. Why don't you tell us a little bit about why this is the case and what does this mean for mothers and children before we learn more about what the program is trying to achieve? Kim? Thank you for that introduction. The key reason why we did this intervention of enhancing the skills of being free is because current curriculum for lower and middle income countries for training nurses and midwives is deficient at the moment. The educators that we targeted wanted to increase their confidence in terms of their delivering clinical teaching because currently uh, the tutors that we have are more confident in theoretical work rather than clinical teaching. We need to have this continuous professional education so that we can keep improving the skills of midwives, nurses, and in fact doctors so that they are up to date with new challenges of their program. So basically the program that we implemented together with the National Ministry, the Nursing Council, the universities, and the Kenya Medical Training Colleges aimed to address uh, those challenges that I've uh, mentioned, Kim. That is broadly what we can do and is what we are going to be talking about and uh, program that we implemented. Now, we'd like to hear from our guest, Edna Talam, the Chief Executive Officer of the Nursing Council of Kenya. Edna, how did your institution address the gap of the role shortage in training in midwifery through the program that we implemented together with the Liverpool School of Tropical Medicine? Thank you so much. And I'll say that it's great that the Nursing Council of Kenya participated in this project. The council regulates both nursing education and practice. And in that regard, they need to be able to monitor the competences for the midwives uh, while they are in training and even continuous learning when they have been able to graduate and transition to practice. 
So in regard to this project, the council, of course, together with all the stakeholders, with the gap analysis, which had been done earlier, it had showed that um, most uh, the, the programs that they train nursing and midwives, the Kenya Registered Midwifery Program, the Kenya Registered Nurse and Midwife, and our Integrated Nursing and Midwifery Program, both at Diploma and Degree, and not integrated the competencies which needs to be achieved for the integrate uh, emergency obstetric and newborn care, that is EMOC. And the review was based on the syllabus. So the syllabus is a guidance for the training institution to ensure that they review their curriculum and enhance those competencies which initially were lacking. The other issue, again, was in regards of ensuring, yes, we've reviewed the syllabus, but then we need to disseminate to the training institutions to ensure that they go ahead and review their curriculum and for purposes of implementation. And this supported third phase where we also went and said, yes, indeed, we have the syllabus, we have guided on the curriculum, but how will the content be delivered to learners? And this is where then we went ahead and uh, worked with the training institutions to ensure that the lecturers who will be able to deliver the content are trained and strengthened. And these are led to ensuring that we add lecturers trained in that curriculum. Thank you very much, Edna, for that. So basically, the Nursing Council of Kenya supported the syllabus uh, review and dissemination to the training institutions. And I think the training institutions are basically overseen by Dr. Oldwatch. Kenya Medical Training College is uh, the training arm of the Ministry of Health. We have 72 campuses and we have over 54,000 students. One of the major courses that is being conducted at Kenya Medical Training College is nursing. The vision of the institution is to train competent health professionals and do consultancy and research. There are various aspects and I will talk about development of curricula, training of lecturers, mentorship programs, uh, continuous professional development and research. The LSTM program has enabled KMTC to update its curricula in nursing, midwifery and clinical medicine in relation to integrating emergency obstetrics and newborn care. We have had the benefit of having 40 of our campuses being equipped with emergency obstetrics and newborn care equipment that enable us to do quality training. Again, this training has been very key in terms of ensuring that 233 nursing, midwifery, and clinical medicine lecturers are trained and their capacity to deliver on EMONC is strengthened within the updated midwifery, clinical medicine, and reproductive health curricula. This has also been done online and hence making it possible to all lecturers to access this kind of training. This program has been very key in terms of training and follow-up mentoring of uh, midwifery educators in the 20 KMTC campuses in the ongoing randomized controlled trial study. Now, the preliminary results of this study show improved knowledge and skills of tutors to teach competency-based EMONC integrated curricula. This program has been very key in developing a blended midwifery educator CPD program that is Continuous Professional Development Program through a multi-stakeholder approach. 
this is now ready for piloting in Kenya and if possible in Nigeria. Finally, MTC is also mandated to research and so much research is being done. MTC has participated in implementation of research findings for sustainable impact. Dr. Oluo, tell us how the interventions that we've done with World House contributed to improving the life of a mother and a child. The role of this institution is to provide human resources for health, which is one of the key pillars in health service delivery. This has improved uh, the health of mother and child through us being able to provide trained, competent health professionals to work in our health facilities. It has reduced maternal, newborn, and child mortality because now our trained health workers who have come through this program are able to conduct competent deliveries, be able to skillfully uh, ensure that the children born are well taken care of and that mothers are not dying while giving birth. So this program has helped us to equip our health workers with skills, knowledge, and competencies that enable them to offer services as necessary. Benson, we come from a university setting. Tell us how this has changed and then how this has contributed you know, to the lives of parents and children. Allow me to mention three things that the NSTM previous program has contributed at the university level. It touches on three main areas, which is capacity building, curriculum support, and lastly about equipment. First of all, we appreciate the gap that was identified by LSTM and that is whereby the skills were a bit inadequate at the university level compared to the theoretical aspect. Within our training, we have been equipped by lecturers to be able to support the students during training with their mock skills. And therefore, the products are now graduates are well equipped and competent enough with the skills for providing emergency and newborn care. Mostly, most institutions at university level have put these skills in the fourth year. That is a pre just preceding graduation. Therefore, we are sure of competent and skilled midwives who are getting into the field. We also have the aspect of curriculum support, which is part of what I've just talked in terms of implementing into the curriculum for teaching purposes. Nursing Council of Kenya is our lead regulator in terms of training. So once uh, Nursing Council came up with a syllabus of uh, midwifery, which incorporates emergency and obstetric and neonatal care, basically to enhance the skills of midwives. So as an institution, we picked up that uh, syllabus. And at the moment, we included in the Bachelor of Science in Nursing training. The curriculum is in progress almost at advanced level, but we have some institutions, universities in Kenya, who have already started implementing Bachelor of Science in midwifery. This uh, line of thought was highly driven by LSTM involvement, changing the skills for midwives. Some universities in Kenya have now established a Master of Science in midwifery specifically, so that the graduates of uh, BSc midwifery can have an, an a link into the upgrade to upward mobility in midwifery. I know more University has also has a master's curriculum specifically in midwifery, which is advancing. And in that line also, we are having institutions which are developing PhD in midwifery 
progress the development of military in Kenya. Lesson to add is that the equipment support of the skills lab has also been highly facilitated by the NSTM and other partners within equipping the facilities, the skills labs. Thank you very much, Benson. For me, what I feel it was a program that has had spiral effect in terms of not just very focused on one aspect, but it just kind of uh, bone quite a huge impact in terms of spiraling and uh, creating competent midwives across not even only the target university that LSTM worked with, but it has gone on to kind of be nationalized in across many institutions. I would like to then come back in terms of the best practices for these programs. What would you say are the best practices that we can take forward from implementing the program on improving the quality of free education in Kenya? The best practice that I have seen is the continuous assessment, the monitoring that we have experienced with our partner. We have also seen the provision of the equipments and the skills. So that has helped the skill transfer from the lecturers to the students. We started with the training of the lecturers, which has been very good, and they're able to transfer the skills to the students. And that has also translated to the good care of the patient wherever they have been. So we've got a very good uh, results and uh, information about how our students are doing. So that's one thing. And also I realized there was that cross monitoring of the lecturers, the good interaction and communication that has been there has also been very good. That is something that I would wish any other person would carry forward whenever they are helping another institution. Just a follow on quickly, because I think this Shelly, when we train and you've given us, you know, a sentence that really caught my attention that you've received, that your students are really good. How would you suggest that we can measure this and give some kind of good, reliable data in terms of connecting the impact of this program and the outcome to the mother? Do you have some suggestions on how this can be truly, truly associated with the program? I think we could also do a survey or a research Checking on where we have posted those people who have gone through our program, we want to see the impact they are making out there. So now we can be able to tell, have they been able to translate what they learned to the community? The feedback we get from there, I think would be very helpful if you could be able to follow them up to their working areas. I also would wish, I don't know whether it is also part of the, the project, that the environment should also be very conducive because if they want to provide good care and the instruments, all the equipment are not available in the hospital, it might not also translate because you need to translate the skill, you will need to have the equipment. So the support also should go to the places where they are working. What I hear you saying, you know, it's just not one, it's not one aspect. You have to look at things possibly. We could have very well trained uh, midwives and nurses out there, but if the other health building blocks are not in place, then it may not come to fruition as we have expected. I think lobbying other stakeholders to also input so that the training translates into real-life impact. You see, this uh, project was a collaboration between the policymakers, Ministry of Health, the educators, we've seen our two colleagues here, the regulators, and we have generated evidence-based researches which will be able to guide the policy and support advocacy in investment in midwifery. Going forward and replicating is ensuring that um, we need to bring all the policymakers on the round table, design the project, monitor, implement, and come back and learn on the lessons. Also pride on the little lessons that we've done. 
the outcomes of the project and continuously monitor for the sustainability to achieve the desired outcome, which will be able to support attainment of the national goals and also improvement on achieving sustainable development goals for reproductive health and health for all. Dr. Olmoch, what would you say are the key best practices that other medical training institutions across law and middle income uh, would take away from this program? The best practices that we have identified from this program is number one, regular update of curricula. That curricula should reflect the reality of practice. That curricula should enable us to offer solutions to emerging issues in practice. The second issue that I think is a best practice is the issue of training mentors. Mentorship training is very key in practice so that uh, as we continue offering services, we have mentors who enable us to access skills that we do not have. The other issue that I can say is the best practice is continuous professional development that all professionals need to continuously improve and retool their skills to be able to address themselves to emerging issues in practice. Finally, research that one of the best practices is to advance knowledge and develop knowledge that influences practice and influences policy. Through this program, we've been able to practice research, be able to generate knowledge, be able to use that knowledge to influence practice. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dr. Alwatch. And I would like to hand over back to Kim. This has been a very interesting conversation and so much has been done in the program. Lucy, I would like to hear from you a little bit on how the program has gone from your perspective and any advice that you would give others that are hoping to engage in a program like this. From LSTM perspective, we actually have achieved more than we really actually imagined that we'd achieve. And I've alluded to it in the sense of that spiral effect of focusing on national institutions and then these national institutions kind of spiral it down to all the other institutions that is under them. So this is very cost-effective, time-effective, and it will be able to uh, increase uh, the number of competent midwives and nurses out there who will be able to deliver quality care to women and in essence then achieve LSTM's goal of really improving lives of people out there and specifically of uh, women and children. So thank you very much to our colleagues that we've been able to work with. I guess from where we are now, although the program is coming to an end, what has been achieved is just for institutions to carry it forward. So it has been institutionalized and we are happy that this will go forward. Thank you, Kim. Thank you, Lucy. I just have one final question for Edna. Edna, one of the things we heard at the beginning of this episode is a need to increase the confidence of midwives in their practice, in their delivery. Is there any evidence that confidence is increased and that they feel better able to deliver quality services? Yes, indeed, uh, we need to be able to increase confidence and confidence comes once we are able to enhance their competence. At the moment, we are undertaking the monitoring and evaluation in the implementation of the curriculum. And perhaps now as we move forward, we should be able to see more of critical thinking, more of decision-making, more of the collaborations, and even ensuring the continuum of care and smoothness because the midwives will be confident to make the decisions. They'll be confident to ensure that they collaborate with the other clinicians, including obstetricians. 
So this is an ongoing, but in regards of the confidence of the learners of, and also the confidence for the lecturers, yes, indeed, we've actually uh, seen um, a, a lecturer saying now we are more confident to be able to deliver this content to the learners and instill the knowledge and the skills that they need. That's great. So it sounds like across all the programs, there's been not just a focus on the technical aspect, but those soft skills in terms of, you know, problem solving and the approach and attitudes towards education. Is that right? That's correct. In regards of the overview of the syllabus, apart from the technical, note that we have the general competencies as prescribed by International Confederation of the Midwives, where then it talks about the communication skills. It talks about the autonomy for the practice, the policies and that that has still been enhanced within the syllabus because it will go along in ensuring that um, we tackle on the three aspects of the competence, the knowledge perspective, the skills perspective, and also the behavior, which ensure that the quality of the care provided is also geared towards ensuring that we have appropriate behavior, which also builds even in addition to the cultural competencies, as we see that within the region, we are so enriched within our culture and we need to incorporate this as we provide the care. Benson, you're coming from a university perspective there. Have you changed the mechanisms of teaching or the ways you teach at all? We have actually improved our approaches in teaching based on the outcomes of collaboration. And this includes improving also on the skills, ensuring that the skills of our, of our students are also enhanced so that they're able to have a good, you know, output in terms of theory and also practice. So that is one of the greatest approaches that uh, has improved uh, out of this collaboration. Thank you very much. So much more practical aspects there. So it's great to hear. Thank you so much for this conversation. Thank you to Lucy, who's been a wonderful co-host, and also to all of our guests for really sharing the immense amount of work that's been done. And just to close, thank you to our listeners. As always, please do like, rate, share as much as you can. So the voices and the learning that comes from this podcast can be shared across different countries and different contexts. Thank you, everyone, and goodbye.